0: This is President Sullivan and I appreciate being a part of the back pocket podcast
1: today is the second day of October
2: and we have our 24th podcast. Let's get after it deck yeah absolutely uh, happy Monday to everyone. Um, I don't know if you can tell um, but Andrew and I are a little under the weather mm-hmm. um, we the the common cold comes around every year and uh, here we are contracting it once again. And uh, yeah, but th- that that does not stop us from podcasting whatsoever. No, it does not. However, we um, our
1: maintenance on up upkeeping and main and uh, get ridding the common getting rid of the common cold. I wouldn't say defeating. is... defeating defeating yeah. yes is not the uh,
2: most uh, effective manner. No, absolutely. I'd not. say we, that would be our average quality today. Yeah. So our average quality, yes, is uh, the common cold. Um, we are really good at contracting it and really bad at not getting rid of it. Um, both those highs and lows at equal out to a nice even keel average. Um, one thing that I don't understand is why we always contract it because uh, for myself, I know uh, when I leave the bathroom, I uh, wash my hands every time. Yeah. That's a that's a good habit of mine. Non-negotiable. Yeah, no, it's a non-negotiable in my mind. I know some people don't do it, um, which is gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how, like, why do we get sick if we're following the Cardinal rule of elementary school. I mean, that's probably where we picked it up and learned it. And we've been staunch on it ever since. Mm -hmm. But we can't, but we still contract it. I think uh, we're in a time of our lives where we're around a ton
1: of people. A lot. I mean, I guess that's all the time. But football. You got 140 dudes in a locker room.
2: That's
1: You're guaranteed guaranteed to get sick.
2: Yeah. You just
1: got to stay away from the big ones.
2: Yeah. And uh, people also forget there's... uh, Six thousand kids that go to the school, um, and you live with five people. I live with five people, so that's another that's another thing to consider. I guess is it's a house full of dudes. Um, dudes like to have fun, hug each other and stuff. Oh yeah, makes sense uh, why we get sick. If you if you like breathe on someone, does that does that count as like? And you breathe in what they breathed out. Is that germs? Can uh, you confirm or deny on that? I'm going to confirm that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting. So, uh, yeah, we I guess we just don't know why we get sick, but we do. Mm-hmm. That's just reality. Just reality. Yeah. Can't do nothing about it. Um, but, you know, as a, a, a wise man once said, if you get sick, just don't don't be sick. You have to defeat it right away. It's it, all mental. It's all mental. Being sick is a mental thing. Yes. And so, you know, when you're sick, you just drink a lot of water, blow your nose as hard as you can, and... It'll go away, so i I can I couldn't agree more, yeah, absolutely, so uh with the with the cold season with the every, fall weather coming yeah, in on, absolutely, so that's exactly why uh the cold comes around is the weather starts to change a little bit, so uh let us be uh probably the last well maybe certainly not the first and definitely not the last to uh welcome you all to fall so when did when did fall actually start? do we know I'm gonna say the Monday
1: after Saint John's. Oh, actually, like, the, like date, the day. Oh, I feel like it's like the twenty first of September. Isn't always like the twenty first of months. Well, I know the winter
2: solstice is December twenty first. Yeah, so and that's then why like, I just assume the, the fall. The summer is. date is like June twenty first. So maybe if it's yeah, let's just look it up. Summer ends September twenty second. Okay, right, so I was so, pretty close. Yeah, so we're definitely not the last, and we're certainly not the first since it was friday september twenty second when this happened mm-hmm. um, but welcome back it's fall um, so with that being said, you know there's a lot of a lot of good things that happen in fall. It's a versatile time of the year um, lots of weather changes yes and it's and it's really uh, it, it, it gets, becomes brisk yeah,
1: and you need to start preparing uh, a new wardrobe because the uh, the boat shoes. The shorts and the V necks aren't working anymore.
2: Yeah, bro tanks kind of yeah. out now. It's a little chilly. You're yes. gonna get a uh, little little uh, little goosebumps if you're wearing uh, bro tanks around. You will. I'm guaranteeing you, you will catch the common cold and maybe something more serious. Hypothermia. Mm-hmm. But let's not let's not be negative. You yes. know, maybe that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when it rains, you know it pours. <laughs> that's a, a common saying. Again. Yes. Uh, but I would say, yeah, when it rains, you know, people are always prepared with their umbrella. I see a lot of people around here uh, very adamant about not getting wet. Um, and, you know, I applaud them. But for me, uh, I hate umbrellas. I will not carry around an umbrella um, for base, in, in order to uh, protect myself from the rain uh, one time, the one time it rains and I'm outside, you know? Yes. I'd rather uh, soak that, literally, and uh, move on with my life instead of having to carry around an umbrella as, like, an extra thing on my body uh, every day of the week.
1: You know, it's funny that you bring that up because just the other day we were, Steve and I were walking back from class and it was like a misty rain. Like you could barely even feel it. Steve whips out his umbrella. I'm sitting there like, what? And he, and he, he used the excuse like, I just, I brought this and I was really excited. I want to use it. I know it's not raining, but I want to use it. I was like, Steve, just don't even bring it up.
2: Never bring an umbrella. Yeah. You know, rain jacket, that's, that's appropriate because rain jacket keeps you warm. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a versatile article of clothing. Uh, you can wear that almost. The when insulation in a, a rain jacket is phenomenal. Yeah, people forget. People forget about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a windbreaker. Um, so, you know, we got that going. I'll totally wear a rain jacket. I'll vouch for rain jackets every day. Yes, but just not an umbrella. I can't do it. Uh, but another thing too is you know I would say uh, a lot of people uh, have the most fall clothing. So that's the most. So you can wear shorts still, out our argue. You can wear shorts, but a lot of people like breaking up the pants right away.
1: My brother, Matthew, who we have, a huge friend of the program, yeah. a big-time marketing intern. And recurring guest. This is his favorite time of year because he can rock his cotton long sleeves with shorts. That's his, like, go-to look for everything in yeah. the fall.
2: There is always that guy who's uh, so adamant about wearing... Um, shorts, like, all the time. I feel like, uh, in high school, there were a few kids that were, like, wearing shorts in January. Um, that does not fly out here. No. I don't know why you would do, ever do that. Um. Prove a point. Yeah, what? maybe prove a point. Terrible. Uh, Terrible point to prove. Right. Um, I think for me, I think, uh, mainly because, uh, as you guys have heard before, uh, my mom buys all my clothes. Yes. Um, so... You know, I've had I kind of roll through the same kind of clothes like every year. Get some new additions here and there, and uh, you know, my mom's pretty smart. Uh, she buys um, you know the fall and winter attire in the summer. Um, something you don't think about, because uh, they're a little discounted yes. at that time, because there's not as much of a need for them. So I get all these new clothes in summer that I really don't wear until now. So now it's kind of like I'm debuting my whole new wardrobe to everyone, uh, you know, walk around school and everywhere else. You feel else. pretty confident, too. Yeah. Like, oh you yeah. always get to wear a new item of clothing, it's always, you feel a little more upbeat that day. Yeah. And, you know, I know my mom's a big listener. Shout out to my mom. Uh, but, you know, I think uh, she, she definitely uh, needs to know about uh, the dumpy pants syndrome. Uh, so I got diagnosed. Uh, if you guys are uh, listeners, uh, we interviewed the dance team, uh, electric interview but I was diagnosed with dump- with dumpy pants. So uh, I really hope um, my mom noticed that before I did. And all the pants she bought me for this uh, fall season uh, are not
1: dumpy. You know, dressing nice brings on great responsibilities during this time of year. Because when the fall hits, there's a great transition to a new sentimental value in the air. And we like to confirm it being the season of love.
2: Yeah, so fall is the season of love. But um, if you, for all the golf fans out there, you know, there's four days to a major tournament. Um, you know, Sunday being the final day. But Saturday? Saturday is moving day. Saturday is moving day. Fall is absolutely the moving day of the season of love. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, everyone knows the holidays are coming up. You got Thanksgiving, you got Christmas, you got New Year's, you got Valentine's Day, and then all of a sudden, whoops, we're right into the St. Patty's Day in March. But when you look at it, we have we have so many opportunities now to uh, really get those uh, the the seed the seed the seed of love mm-hmm. planted now and trying to move in on these relationships by the time the holidays come around okay. because that is a big time to be in a relationship. Yes, because the seeds you sow are, are the, plants the plants that, that grow. grow. I, we came up with that CC in the back pocket on that. Yes. Um, but yeah, the fall is absolutely moving day for the season of love. Um, I don't know if that like wording makes any sense at all, but you know what we're saying. You know, if you're really seeking the opportunity
1: to have a partner during this time, the back pocket is here for you because segment alert decals eye in the sky is back.
2: We're we're so back, and uh, I can't wait. I've been uh, very giddy about this segment. I'm very adamant about it. Um, so, my question and my uh, eye in the sky this week is why are dating sites so successful, and and it also is an att- attribute or a tribulation. I don't know. It's it's interesting because they're all so average. Um, so, like, let's go ahead and roll through the ones that everyone knows, right? Yeah, you got eHarmony. You got match dot com and then you also have ones like FarmersOnly.com. dot yeah, com. that one's always on TV can you can hear. Yeah. Always on TV. Yeah. And what's funny about that one is it's the most useful site for a farmer. If you think about farmers, they're all on like a hundred acres of land. They're farming and working their butts off all day. Yeah. They're not like the neck the only time they see people are when they like go to the King Supers or not King Supers, that's a Colorado thing. When they go to the marketplace down the road. Mm. and To distribute their goods. To, dis- <laughs> to distribute but also pick up goods. Yes. Uh, because th- there's nothing around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, they're always on their own. What better place to meet people than FarmersOnly.com? People that you have uh, a relationship with or, or who you can build a relationship with immediately because you're both farmers. Yep. Uh, and I know uh, we just kind of plug them like big time, but uh, we're not. Not an f- official sponsor. Yeah, not official sponsor. Um, other
1: ones that you kind of hear on TV, <clears throat> Christian Mingle and BlackPeopleMeet.com. Yeah. Like those ones are always flying around the, the television for some reason. It's yeah. like, who who in who, right name uses that?
2: Who pays for this? Yes. Yeah.
1: So that got us leaning on to like what other dating sites are there. So we Googled
2: like successful. Um, oh, well, don't say we Googled, we'll cut that. Okay. Uh, we did some in house research. Yes, we did some in house research. And we mm-hmm. found some great sites. Um, that really can apply for everyone. So, you know, uh, if the college thing is not doing the trick, uh, and, you know, you don't really want to be on Tinder or Bumble, which are not uh, really permanent dating websites, I would say, mm-hmm. um, those are more for the hookups, uh, these ones uh, might be for you. So, uh, ones that we found were gr- that were great, uh, singleswithfoodallergies.com. Wait, singleswithfoodallergies.com. Yes. Singles with Food com and who doesn't have a food allergy nowadays, right? Oh, there's way too many people with food allergies. Kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I noticed uh, you have to create a username for these websites. Um, so maybe we come up with a few uh, name usernames uh, for for the websites. Okay. Um, so Singles with no Cheese Please, 11. Shout out Eric Weimer. Shout, shout out Eric Weimer. He gave me that one. He yeah. actually just texted me that one. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Eric Weimer, who actually does have food allergies. So yeah. uh, if you know Eric Weimer, just be uh, cognizant of that. Some other uh, fantastic dating
1: websites. My favorite one would probably be data Golfer. I mean, DataGolfer.com. Data yeah, DataGolfer.com. There's so many different usernames you could use for that. My favorite might be uh, maybe like Long
2: Iron 11. Eleven, yeah. great number. <laughs> um, how about uh, uh, not Tiger Woods? Four. <laughs> how about the big Hater, Fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Stricker. I don't know. If that's a that's a bad one. Yeah. Uh, another good one. Uh, Tallfriends dot com. Um, so attention all basketball and volleyball players for the most part. Yep. Anyone over six foot, I think, uh, is validate is. Uh, Good for tallfriends.com. Eligible, yeah. Yep. Uh, glutenfree.com. Yeah. Like, gluten-free singles. Uh, come on. Why not? I mean, who, who's not gluten-free nowadays? Can't you just go to the singles with food allergy one? Well, no. you got to have competition. Oh, yeah. Gluten-free is way different than uh, food allergies. Okay. Um, what's weird is, uh, remember when we thought, I think the very first episode uh, for our really committed listeners, uh, we had... Mal Jensvoldan, who is gluten free, and like our first question to her was, "Are all girl like can only girls be gluten free?" And we actually found out that's not the case. Um, so hence the gluten free singles site is for men and women and women. Mhm. Uh, Stash Passions. Stash. I could. I could go to that one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you could. You're a beard guy, but you I know, could but actually
1: I, I could shave it and make a stash. And
2: se- high school, s- high school uh, senior Andrew would have been a great stashpassion.com yes uh, guy advocate. I'd say. Um, ooh, I like this one. This one's actually pretty clever. This one's can do better.com. So this one is you post pictures with your ex girlfriend, and girls will hit you up based on if they think they're better than. Your ex girlfriend, oh, and that's wow. like the premise of the whole.
1: They think they can do better.
2: Yeah, or they are better. They are better. They they say I am better than yep. your ex, and they hit request. And then they yeah. hit boop. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
1: A lot of booping going on in this in this segment. <laughs> yeah. It's out of control.
2: You just scroll, scroll, <laughs> boop, boop, scroll, scroll, boop. But I mean, at the end of the day, we just listed off like what ten different dating websites, like that, yeah. um, and for the most part they all have success and I don't understand how that's that's my biggest thing is how are these dating websites so successful people just absolutely are all over dating websites now totally changing the entire world but it's very average I mean
1: and to sum it all up if you guys are really trying to seek um love out in this fall season you have all these options so utilize um the true Darwinism of yeah. this world. Or, uh, just, just meet people. Yeah. Like, face-to-face. Yeah. Human conversation. Put down your phone and, uh, I mean, you talk to someone. Look yeah. someone in the eye.
2: Maybe, uh, maybe tell them about this podcast you listen to, about these two goofy guys talking about love, and then that's, and how it made you feel like you should be in love, and then, uh, you, you talk to them about it, and, and they, they're like, oh, it's a good idea. Maybe I'll be in love now. So, yeah, something to think about, uh. Absolutely. Hey, and you know what I loved? I absolutely loved this interview that we had today. Ooh.
1: It was phenomenal. It was the first time we've had... With
2: who? President Sullivan. Yeah, well, we've had reoccurring guests before, but she's the first s- cool reoccurring... Uh, well, uh, well, official,
1: because we don't have anyone on the podcast that, like, in the interview slot that's been on here twice. Okay, I like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I would say our first official reoccurring Yes. and... Who other than President Sullivan? I mean, it was, like you said, unbelievable. It's a fantastic interview. We, we get into a little uh, confirm or deny with her. Yes. We play a little confirm or deny. Uh, we are big first impression guys. We have her give um, her hot takes on us or her, of her first impression of us. Um, Let's just say we went in there
1: and we gave her some hardball questions, um, we gave her some softball ones and some curveball questions. That's what we do, and I think it panned out to be another phenomenal experience. Yeah,
2: so enjoy, and let's get after it. Today, I would like to welcome back our first reoccurring
1: guest, and probably our most listened to podcast, Dr. President
2: Sullivan. Welcome.
0: Thank you. Pleasure to be back.
2: Absolutely. So, I don't think we asked you this last time. I think we jumped right into... uh, Dome the dome question. Oh yes, um, which you know we want to ask you about again. Thank you for the new turf field. It's fantastic. <laughs> yes. well, I, I love the new
0: track too. I jog yeah. over there quite frequently. The whole facility. Yes, yes. it's awesome.
2: Um, so with all of our guests, we start off with an average quality. Um, so what is your average quality? Cooking. Cooking. Okay. okay. okay.
0: Sometimes I'm can do it very, very well. That's usually when I have time. Mm -hmm. And other times, I'm very reliant on the microwave. Okay. (laughs) And there's some things I can't do at all. Mm. Sewing. Okay. Uh, I have a difficult time even sewing a button on. That's how bad it is. So (laughs) wherever I live, one of my best service providers, the one that I have probably the most frequent and closest relationship to, is the tailors. Because everything I buy obviously has to be hemmed. And I just... I can't even sew a button, on.
1: <laughs> so that
0: I'm terrible
1: at that. Yeah, I took a sewing class. I think it was fourth grade because, like, you to take that whole mac. Yes. You do sewing and like laundry, all that stuff, just because you're in fourth grade, and yeah. that's something you just need to learn. And I haven't touched a sewing equipment since fourth
2: grade. So.
0: Well, it takes me like ten minutes to thread the needle, mm-hmm. and by then I'm so frustrated, it's <laughs> yeah, like overwinded. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> Shaking.
0: So I don't sew. Okay.
2: What's and your, I cook
0: okay, but okay. only when I take time to
2: do What's your like go-to microwave meal?
0: Uh, Frozen food from Trader Joe's. Okay. They have a great uh, lamb paneer, mm. uh, fabulous, spicy, uh, and then um, they have a great naan, uh, so, that's awesome. and they have a great uh, roasted uh, cauliflower that's okay. frozen too.
2: I like that. So you have a bunch of family coming in for dinner. Yes. What's your go-to
1: family meal? Take them out. <laughs>
0: That's what I do. Basically, I cook. I cook for the big family, like extended family, primarily on holidays. Yes. Um, you know, I love a lot of different restaurants just right around here. I love to go to Stewart's. Uh, we have a membership at Town and Country. I like to go over there because you don't have to make a reservation and you can always get in. Good food. Um, I enjoy uh, Italian food, so uh, I like Bellagio over here. Uh, I love one of my favorite restaurants because I really like spicy and ethnic food there's a new Mexican place in St. Paul uh, Pajarita it's okay. P-A-J-A I think R-I-T-O 7th Street in St. Paul I love it okay.
1: okay my parents come up they've been coming up every weekend for the football games right um, so I'll definitely keep that one yeah. in mind keep it in mind
0: I love Ethiopian food too okay uh, I go to Fasica
1: and awesome. smell it that's yeah. sweet um, so we our big first impression Podcasters, We try to make a great first impression. Um, and since this is our second time having you on, we would love to know your initial reaction of us coming in here mm-hmm. and asking you a few goofball questions and some great questions. I was just kind of curious of your reaction of us.
0: I think you're great guys and you're mm-hmm. fun to talk to. And uh, when Karen, my assistant, asked if I would do this again, I said, sure, it's fun.
1: Yes, we appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so four, being four weeks into school, we just finished summer. And I was kind of curious how a summer looks for a president of a university. That's a
0: great question. First of all, it flies by and it's over way too fast. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, I tell people that in the summer I'm just busy, whereas the rest of the year it's frenetic. So it's kind of like my schedule slows down from being frenetic to just busy. I'm certainly busy in the summer, but it's at a little different speed. And a lot of my time in the school year is spent with lots of meetings and lots of events. Um, And in the summer, there's a little bit uh, less of that. I also try to take some time in the summer, at least two weeks, for myself where I, I work, but I go away from the office and I read and I reflect and I write and I think about new ideas for the following school year. Um, so I do usually two weeks of vacation in the summer and two weeks of work away from the office, just, you know, cause otherwise here you're just meeting the day to day to day to day demands of whatever's in front of you. And I think any, um, any leader needs to take some time to step back and, and see a little bit, focus on the bigger picture.
2: Sure. Okay. Um, so did you have any new ideas they'd like to tell us um, <laughs> that you came up with in those two weeks?
0: You know, this, this summer I, I knew that I was going to be doing a talk at University of Notre Dame yeah. uh, the first week of September, and I often prepare for uh, talks that I'm doing at the beginning of the school year because I always do the academic convocation. And I actually did those two talks on the same topic, and this is what I read about a lot and during the two weeks this summer, and it is, What is a Catholic University? And believe it or not, that's a question that people are still debating, even though Catholic universities are thousands and thousands of years old, uh, and certainly ours is 132 years old, uh, because some people want to focus on the Catholic first, Catholic is the noun, and university is the modifier. And some people want to focus on university first, university is the noun, and Catholic is the modifier. And I think it's important to think of the integrated phrase Catholic University as a noun. Catholic University is a noun that says it's going to be as good or better than any other university in terms of its teaching mission, its research, the students it attracts. But it's also going to have some special features to it, particularly features about being committed to every student, educating the whole student, being committed to every student if you're on a faith journey we'll help you take that next step whether it's a catholic faith journey or another faith journey and being committed to the whole student of helping you understand your responsibility to others and helping this be a better world so i did a lot of readings about what people have written about over the years about what is a catholic university and how how do you authentically live that
2: mission mm-hmm. that's sweet
0: and last year i read about industries of the future so I read about all the books about artificial intelligence and virtual reality and okay. and uh, CRISPR, which is a new technique for um, altering DNA, and thinking about what does that mean for the majors and the programs that we have at Saint Thomas. Because the students that we have today are going to be working in those industries in 5, 10, 20 years from now. and What does that mean about how we can best prepare them?
1: How do you connect them? My high school just implemented a class on coding. Oh, yes. Um, So Mm. they can get their prep work if they want to do that in the future. It's just another one of those. Another skill. Another skill. It's like
0: I had to take Mm. typing in high school. Today you take coding in high school. Yep. (laughs) They knew I wasn't going to be a typist. It's just a skill. Yes. Yep.
2: Um, So like Andrew said, four weeks into school, Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the great tradition of the freshmen walking through the arches. Uh, yes. Um, you know, speaking of the freshmen, uh, you know, what is your initial review of the freshman class so far?
0: Well, um, you know, I think this class is a great class. They, the first kind of uh, signals you get are during Welcome weekend. Uh, and so, as you know, the freshmen move in. We now have, have made it a little longer. They move in on a Friday, and we do mm-hmm. March through the arches on Tuesday. And all of the reports I got about what went on from that Friday to the Tuesday, our student affairs and academic affairs uh, professionals had planned lots of events for the students. The students all showed up. They participated. They had fun. They were engaged. Um, they were enthusiastic. They were getting to know one another. Uh, so, so far, so good. Knock on wood.
1: Yeah, that's very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. That's very My cool. younger brother went, is going to University of Stevens Point in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and they attend school on Thursday, first class starting on Tuesday. So very similar, right. and he thoroughly enjoyed getting there early, being from out of state, getting to know a lot of the people.
2: So. Yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and then, you know, when we were here in a you know, similar situation when you have a few days beforehand before classes start and you really start you know, hitting the ground running—it's like a—you're kind of in this. You're, you kind of feel like you're just one of the people and not mm-hmm. as important yet. But then, like once you really get into the, the gist of it, it's just you feel great. And you know, one of the, one of my uh, great times where we started really bonding was when we all went to uh, Tiffany's Sports Lounge together. And I, <laughs> just you were 21,
0: to... right? Correct. Okay. And, Good. Uh, I Just, you know,
2: just this <laughs> year, just just this semester, we all just you know, <laughs> came in together and really grew as as as, uh, as, a, as a group. People, it was it was fun, mm-hmm. and uh, I just want to know, uh, you know, have you, have you ever been to Tips? And um, if you were to go when you were twenty one, uh, you know, how would that be?
0: I've never been to TIFFs. I'm afraid I would know too many people there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's <laughs> fair. Yes.
0: And I don't really think they wanted to see me at that time. Well, so, no, point. I have not been there. Okay. Uh, clearly, I visited my fair share of establishments similar to TIFFs when I was an undergraduate and okay. graduate student at University of Florida. Okay. The drinking age, actually, I was 18 Back when I was in college in yeah. Florida. Oh, so, uh, Yes. So I haven't been to Tis. I mean, when I was in college, everybody drank beer, so we went to kind of pub-type places. Okay. Nobody drank mixed drinks or anything like that. Okay. Gotcha. Awesome.
1: Um, So we're coming up. We are all seniors, so we're coming Mm -hmm. up. We are the class of 2018, Um, and I was kind of curious if you do, like, a review process when a class graduates, and then you Mm kind of see uh, maybe major-wise or just where people are trying to go into in certain fields. Uh, we
0: certainly do a student survey uh, for every senior class, and we ask you what you're starting, what you're doing post graduation, and if you're going to be full time employed, where you're going, and your salary. If you're going to go to graduate school, where you're going. If you're going to go into the military. So we certainly there's a senior survey, and we track that and look at those results quite carefully in terms of what our students are doing post graduation. We pride ourselves that in general we've had close to 95% of our students are what we call, quote, fully situated uh, at least. Actually, we do it not not in your senior year. We do it after you graduate okay. because we give you some time because not everyone has right. found there. And I think it's within six or nine months after graduation you get it. And we look at our, what percentage of our class is fully situated in a full-time Endeavor, whether it be military. Uh, it could even be volunteer if it's full-time, like Peace Corps or something like that, mm-hmm. AmeriCorps. But and typically 95% is what we see and what we strive for, that 95% of each graduating class okay. is fully situated within nine months of graduation. Awesome. Okay. The good news for us is our Tommies are in great demand. I mean, there's a lot of people that want to hire Tommies, and and that's just a testament of our alumni and what a great job they've done over the years Mm -hmm. and the reputation they have and the path they've paved for the future, future alumni.
2: And speaking of alumni and being connected, Mm -hmm. uh, we actually just had a guy on a couple weeks ago, um, Phil Zhao. He is the CEO of Homey, which he looks to link Students with their alumni. Oh, I par- think that's Marvelous. A good, good guy, you should meet him.
0: Yes, I would can, like to meet him. He's,
2: a, he's an awesome guy. Who he comes here all the time. And, mm-hmm. He graduated from Carlton. I
1: think he's five years removed yeah, from five. the high school. Yeah. Um, and he's already raised, I think, like over half a million dollars in angel investors for his website, company, homie.io. Um,
0: so, how do you spell it?
2: H O M I.
0: Okay.
2: I O. Yeah, it's, um, it's really cool. He, he kind of he looks to set up like a network. Um, per university, right. and have students sign up for it, and then put in you know put in things that uh, you know the, what they've done, their profile, their interests, and he links uh, these people with Tommy alumni basically, That's and excellent. starts the starts the conversation. So I,
0: I came up with that same idea for uh, one of our alums who started Nannies and Tutors. Okay. He has a platform that matches. Uh, people who need babysitters to students who are willing to babysit, and students who need tutors to tutors. And I had suggested the same thing to him, so I'm glad someone did it.
2: Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because this
0: should be a virtual, this should definitely be a you know, software platform.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so speaking of the senior class, going back to that, um, what are your uh, early predictions for the class of 2018 this year?
0: Well, looking you know, as an example of those in the room with me, <laughs> uh, I'm very... I think the class of 2018 is going to be very successful. Uh, hopefully, we'll blow through that 95% number being fully situated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think the class of 2018 has been a, a very good class. The good news is, uh, by and large, our Tommy alumni uh, are feel very good about their experience, very good about the education they received, very good about the friends they made, the relationships they formed. And they continue those relationships for their lifetime, and I expect the class of 2018 is going to do that just as just as much, if not more, particularly with the bonding experience as you're Perfect. describing here. <laughs> uh,
1: Absolutely. Yes. And speaking of a fantastic bonding opportunity that we just had, the Tommy Johnny football game, uh, that will go down as so far one of my favorite days of my life. Um, being able to play in that game in a crowd of thirty-seven thousand. Um, and coming away with a victory was absolutely fantastic. So I was kind of curious. We Coach Crusoe kind of gave us a mm-hmm. glimpse of how it all went down, but I was from your perspective. How are you able to pull off this having the game at Target Field?
0: Well, it involved so many people. Uh, it was uh, the initial idea came from Dave St. Peter, who is the CEO and president of the Minnesota Twins, and his son Eric is a sophomore at St. Thomas. Uh, he has twin sons. Uh, one is at Marquette, and fortunately one's at St. Thomas. And he has always wanted to have a football game at Target Field. At, when they actually built Target Field, they made sure they could just squeeze in a football field. And for you players, you know they just squeezed it in. <laughs> yes. If you went out of the end zone, you were in the stands, right? Yes, there were no <laughs> yeah, there, being no. on that
2: north side. <laughs> so
0: they made sure they, the field was built, that they could just squeeze it in, because they always had this dream. But he realized... Uh, not let's see. Back last summer, I guess it would have been so summer of 2016. They got their their major league schedule for the following year, for uh, 17. Mm-hmm. And he saw that he was going to have 11 days away in September. And those of the baseball fans on the air here know that you never want to be out of your home park for 11 days mm-hmm. straight in September. That's the time for going for the playoffs and. Yes. So he's like, this is terrible. He, they actually first went back to um, Major League Baseball and said, can you adjust the schedule? I mean, we can't be out of our park for 11 days in a row in September. And baseball said, no, sorry, you guys have to live with it. So he decided to make lemonade out of lemons. And he said, well, what can I do in those 11 days to really, you know, something unique, bring people to the ballpark, uh, something actually historic? So it was his idea he went he saw that the Tommy Johnny game was during that time period. He saw it was a home game for St. Thomas. Yeah. Uh, and he approached, uh, coach Caruso, uh, Steve Fritz, our athletic director and me actually he approached all three of us separately. And we <laughs> said, yes, all of us said, yes, let's try it. That sounds mm-hmm. great. Fantastic. And, um, it took a lot of, a lot of things coming together. Uh, the twins have been a great organization to work with. Uh, Steve Fritz and uh, Michelle Morgan and the rest of our athletic uh, director's office have really you know, played a huge role in, in the planning of this event. But I th- it was just awesome. And I love college football. I, I went to my first college football game when I was six years old. And I've been going to college football games every year, every season since then. And so I know there's a pageantry to college football. I mean, that just elevates the whole game, mm-hmm. and you, we were able to to participate in that pageantry in the venue like Target Field in terms of having thirty seven thousand three hundred fifty five fans. Yes, uh, the whole you know the whole stands either red or purple. Uh, the huge flag at the beginning oh, nice. that our Air Force ROTC rolled out. Uh, the summit singers singing the national anthem the 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 fireworks going off during the i mean just everything the big st logo in the middle of that field there were just so many things that just upped the whole venue and people were so so excited and clearly I'm thrilled that we won mm-hmm. that was very important mm-hmm. but uh it It was just a great day, and it will be an historic game. In fact, I believe Coach Caruso said this, that um, we'll be referring to the game at Target Field for decades to come. You guys will be telling your grandchildren about the game at Target Field yeah. that you played in, yeah. just like their grandchildren hearing about the cigar bowl that people played in. Yeah. You'll be telling your grandchildren about it.
1: And it's how fortunate are we that to be seniors on a team. I know it's, it means a lot for every person on a team, to but be the the top dog on that team and yeah. guide you and help your team to that victory. It's just it's I'm, very...
0: I'm sure there had to be a lot of... Because the team had to be really excited. Yes. So I'm sure the seniors had to set the tone of... So get overexcited. I mean, we have a game to play. Let's kind of yeah. keep our focus. Keep our focus. Yeah. I'm sure you guys had a lot of work
2: to do. That, that was definitely the focus going in. Absolutely right. was just have a smile on your face, but you know, physically loose, mentally tight. Yes, um, you got to keep that focus. That was our. That was basically what we were talking about all week. Um, so well, I have a
0: question for yeah. you. So there was a lot more crowd noise than you might be accustomed to there. Did it impact the execution on the field? Was it more difficult,
1: Steve? Uh, yes, I think you could really tell like on both sides of the ball with how many pre-snap penalties there were. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of probably, I'd imagine, had a lot to do with the noise. I know just like I remember plenty of snaps on defense where like I couldn't hear um, the offensive like uh, the, you could hear the counter, yeah. yeah, snap count or anything. So I was just like, you know, your reactions are a little delayed. and It was kind of
0: I wondered about guessing. that.
1: Yeah, you yeah. were kind of guessing a lot. So yeah, it was different. But again, like it wasn't much different from the noise from a, um, when we were in uh, St. John's. Like, just how compact it is and how many right. more voices... Like, there's more voices coming in one spot, and it's just like... But that was more spread out at Target Field. Um, granted, it was definitely difficult either way. I was wondering.
2: Um, I thought it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I have one question. Uh, so when you guys are organizing this and knowing mm-hmm. the tradition in the pageantry mm-hmm. of the Tommy-Johnny game going in and everyone's love for it, right, you know... There's something special about there packing is. everyone like sardines in a, at St. John's or yes. here, yep. and you know just the pageantry of a, like tailgating in the cornfields mm-hmm. or walking from Ireland to O'Shaughnessy Stadium. You know those kind of things were lost obviously um, with the Tommy Johnny game going to Target Field. So was that some, a conversation that or a thought maybe that you had prior going in and. If, and obviously, I think it was worth it from our yeah. perspective.
0: You know, uh, I think that we were able to offer so much more to compensate for those things, and we know that this is, you know, this was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Right. So we didn't think about that as much because of that. I tell you what, we thought about the most was student safety, mm. and this was true. Uh, you know, I had discussions with the president of St. John's. Our vice president, of student affairs, had discussions with their vice president, of student affairs. Uh, clearly, a lot of drinking goes on around the Tommy Johnny game, and we didn't want uh, students drinking and driving. We didn't want students coming out of the game having, you know, in I, I, yeah, <laughs> being intoxicated, getting arrested in downtown Minneapolis. Because oh, right. at one time they wanted to do a night game, and we said no. <laughs> we cannot do a night game. That was the Twins' first choice was a night game. Really? And we said no, because we cannot have our students coming out of there, too much to drink, yep. at night, some lost. And so exactly. uh, so student safety was key in, in making it. Uh, we insisted it start at one. We, uh, student affairs uh, worked out that we had buses it, taking students there and back. Uh, they also worked out that they made sure that students knew when, that their bags would be checked going in the gates mm-hmm. and that, you know, you could have an unopened water bottle or an empty bottle, but no bottles with vodka. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they made sure they knew that, and right. that, that word got out. Uh, we talked a lot about beer sales and how we wanted to handle that. And uh, we agreed that beer sales would be cut off at the end of the third quarter. And that was true throughout the whole stadium, even in my box, (laughs) which was good. (laughs) I mean, beer sales, no one was inebriated, but Mm -hmm. uh, beer sales were cut off in the third quarter. We also agreed that they wouldn't be down in the stands, Hawking Beer, that you would have to get up and walk to a concession Mm -hmm. stand. And the Twins personnel handled everything inside the stadium. And they do a lot of concerts there, so they're very accustomed to carding and not selling more than two beers to a person. Mm-hmm. We also knew the beers were going to cost ten or twelve dollars, yeah, and yeah. that yeah. might inhibit our yeah. students as well. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we just wanted to make sure our students would be safe mm-hmm. and that it would be a great em- environment for our alumni and their families to come to. Yes, it was the focus. It was. They executed. That was the focus. <laughs> yes,
1: execution yeah. was there. Um, so thank you for all of that. We really appreciate it. Um, definitely a memory we'll all be carrying with us for the rest of our lives. Um, Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so kind of transition a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, you being a leader, uh, mm-hmm. I have a few questions about how it is, being, like how to handle all that type of um, interactions with people below you. Um, you have to report or people report to you mm-hmm. all the time. And I was kind of curious, when do you know, um, when you have to put the foot down, when is it best to listen to the advice of others or just trust your gut?
0: Uh, you should always listen to others. Mm-hmm. The final decision is yours and you have final accountability, so you should trust your gut. But uh, I believe in making well-informed decisions. I'm willing to be decisive, but I think decisions made in a vacuum can be—well, uh, often are poor decisions— and so I go out of my way to hear from people before I make decisions, particularly if I'm making decisions that impact people. I want to hear from them. And then um, I'm willing to do it, and then I'm willing to explain why I decided what I decided. I'm also willing to be wrong and, say, and admit it right. and say, we'll do this differently in the future.
2: Absolutely.
0: So I encourage the people, and I hate to say report to me, so I say the people on my team.
2: Sure.
0: I actually tell them, I said. Please challenge me. We will make better decisions if you guys push back. If I want to go in a certain direction, you say you just don't think that's right.
1: right. Not we do, we, do, we do not need yes men.
0: No, I need that. no yes men or women. It yes. will, I, would, I would not be as good a leader if that's all I had.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, very cool. And then so when a decision goes through and the, the decision has been made, Uh, And you obviously, there are people that like the decision and there are people that don't. So when you, when people like give you that flack or you're feeling that pressure, Mm -hmm. um, how exactly do you handle it? And and also, when are there times where you would push back against that?
0: You know, I think you have to understand why you made the decision and then you have to be willing to explain it. And some people will challenge you uh, and you, and sometimes their challenges are legitimate, but you have to say, look. I have to balance a whole lot of competing influences. And at the end of the day, I think it nets out here. It's not that what you're saying is not important, but I find there are other things that counterbalance that, and I have to end up here.
2: Okay, so just basically looking at everything at one and then choosing. Right, so I
0: got a lot of flack about supporting the bike lanes on Cleveland last year. Okay. And I heard a lot from a lot of different people on both sides of the aisle. Really? And I said, look, all of you, all of most of the arguments I heard, people were expressing them from their own self-interest. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to use the bike lanes, you wanted them. If they inhibited your parking or your business's parking or anything like that, you didn't want them. And uh, and if they and if people thought it brought more traffic, they didn't want it. And I said, I have to, I can't make a decision pitting different people's self-interest. I have to go up to a higher level and find a philosophy that I can use to make this decision. And, you know, the Pope has come out with Laudato Si within the last two years about our responsibility to the environment. And at the end of the day, here's a philosophy, we're a Catholic university, why are we going to be opposed to bike lanes? There should be. And so you have to kind of get up above the fray right. at times right. and find some guideposts. Right. And then you just stick to them.
2: Yeah. So was there any point uh, in the bike lane dispute, uh, present Sullivan versus the bike lane? Uh, <laughs> was there any point where you're like, I can't believe I'm in this email chain or I'm in this discussion. Yes, there price. was, but
0: I don't think I'll describe <laughs> the sure. situation to you. But yes, there I can think of more than one of those. Yes. Yeah, that's
1: funny. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, we have a game for you. Okay. Uh, it's this is a, a first time we're playing this game. We mm-hmm. do say this quite often on our show, uh, confirm or deny. Um, so we're going to give you a few statements and we're just going to ask if you can confirm or deny these questions.
0: And I can, what if I say, I don't
2: know? Um, that's fine, too. Okay. That's, that is available. Yeah. Okay. All um, right. And if you want to give your comments as well, if we, okay. we say something, if we give you an accusation and you want to flip the turret back on us or correct us, okay. feel free. All right. Um, so confirm or deny. Yeah. Um, St. Thomas is a wet campus. We can have drinks in class. Deny. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> you can okay. take your water bottles to class. Water, okay. okay. <laughs> if what's defined as water, yes.
1: Okay. Uh, you do not hire ex Johnnies. Confirm or deny? Deny.
0: deny. <laughs> There's a few this. good ones out there. Okay. Yes. Not many, but a few. Okay.
1: Okay, <laughs> you fine.
0: said ex Johnnies, though. Yes. So they oh. become Tommies when they come here.
2: Ooh, yeah. very That's a good. Exactly. That's a hot <laughs> thing. Yes,
0: exactly. Okay.
2: Um, your favorite type of wine is Rosette. Confirm or deny? Oh, deny,
0: definitely. <laughs>
2: What is your favorite type of wine? Pinot Noir. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what
0: that is. Okay. But. It's good. It's a red wine. It's okay. great red. From mm. California. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sweet. Yeah.
2: Uh, go ahead. Only, okay. Yep. Confirm or deny uh, your eyes hurt when you watch the Florida Gators on offense?
0: No. Never. Deny. Oh,
2: deny. Even this year? It took them all to get a touchdown.
0: Uh, did you see the last <laughs> play of the Florida Tennessee game?
2: Very valid. Yeah. Very valid. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sometimes
0: I cry, but I, <laughs> I my eyes don't, usually don't hurt.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, my mom is, like I think I mentioned this last time, she went to the University of Georgia. and yes. she, she was uh, at the game on Saturday and just was like, this is a per- this reminds me of Between the Hedges, that type of atmosphere and everything. Mm-hmm. Very okay. cool.
0: Florida-Georgia game was the first college football game I ever went to when I was six. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes.
1: Wow. Fantastic. Yes. That's awesome. awesome. So that was our game. We had, we had four, four <laughs> questions right there. Yeah. Okay. Deny, deny,
2: deny. Yeah. That's <laughs> good defense on <laughs> <under> your head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I could feel those balls coming. Yeah. Just that's just like that's how you allow
2: one-yard rushing on, on defense. Okay. And deny, deny, deny.
0: Deny, deny, deny. 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 deny, yes. deny. Yes. No
2: outside zone. All oh, right. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Um,
1: so now that football has concluded, or when football has concluded. Uh, hasn't concluded. yet.
0: Long no, ways no. to go.
1: But when it does, yes. um, we do not have to worry about NCAA violations. Um, so we will begin um, doing an extensive push for our own angel investors for the back pocket. Fabulous! Um, and we were curious if we could have access
2: to the top 100 donor list. No, begin there. Okay, deny. <gasps> deny. Not. 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 <laughs> is there anywhere we could not? Maybe not get their contact, but just know who like is.
0: What you need to do is start getting involved if you haven't already with the Schultz School of Entrepreneurship, okay. and we have a number of alumni who are mentors to student uh, startup companies, and they help introduce you to their network, and they help inter- not only for funders, but also for just professional services. Okay. So you need to start doing that, and, you'll, and doors will be open to you.
2: Okay, yeah. absolutely. Very cool. That's mm-hmm. good to know. Um, okay, uh, so the, um, is this is pretty much a wrap, correct? Yes. Okay, any more questions on your end? I'm good. Okay, um, so this is now uh, your second time um, through the gauntlet with the guys in the back pocket. Um have you seen uh, any improvements in us or our interviewing?
0: Yes. <laughs> I think I have. Confir- <laughs> yes. You're we
2: confirmation. <laughs> yes.
1: That's awesome. Um and then our final question would be uh what did you learn today from a time that uh you woke up to when we begin podcasting?
0: I visited De La Salle High School for the first time this morning, and I learned a lot about the uh, population they seek to serve, the diversity of their student body, and the quality of the values-based education that they provide, and we're going to look for more opportunities to work with them. Awesome. And one more thing I learned. I'm going to adopt a puppy this weekend, and I found a dog sitter online (laughs) since I woke up this morning. Okay? I now have two. (laughs) Very awesome. Uh what kind of dog?
2: Labradoodle. Ooh nice.
0: I think she's gonna be about thirty pounds, full grown. She's uh twelve pounds at thirteen weeks. Her mom was in the forty pounds and Mm. her dad was a more a small poodle, like twenty two pounds, but her mom was a labradoodle, uh her mom is a labradoodle, forty something pounds, so I'm hoping
2: you have her currently.
0: She's in Florida. My in Florida. she my sister in law uh, owns the mother and bred and bred them and has the litter. Oh, I'm nice. going. I'm flying to Florida next weekend to pick her up. Oh,
2: nice! And it's going to be
0: here. Going to be here.
2: What's Tommy uh, dog? What's her name?
0: I don't know. You know that hmm. my sister in law has named her, but I. So right now her name is Maddie. M a d d i e. I think of I think of a. Uh, uh, Madden, uh, football. Madden yeah, football yeah nice. okay. but uh, her name is Maddie but I don't know I have to you know usually I name my dogs in the first 48 hours kind of just based on their personalities and like their an looks decision. and yeah,
2: yeah. Right. so I don't know her name yet would that be a time where you wouldn't consult with your team on the name of your dog I would okay, ask for suggestions people. but but okay. I definitely
0: would make it's name I have to live with okay. yes
2: right yeah. cool. any suggestions uh from you guys on names Anything that comes to your mind? Uh, well, what color?
0: She's buff, kind of a blondish color. She has green eyes, kind of a reddish in her nose, mm-hmm. and she's kind of a light brown, blondish color.
1: Okay. No names come to mind, but we will let you know. I'll when introduce you to her, and yes. you can,
0: yeah, awesome. you can help me out. I
1: Wish I could
2: come up with the, just a baller name right now. Yeah, <laughs> baller. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, probably not.
1: Probably
0: not.
2: Yeah. 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 Tommy, Tommy. Mate.
0: <laughs> no.
1: Um but that concludes our time. Violet maybe. Yes. Violet Oh Violet, maybe
0: bad. V. I mm-hmm. know I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Violet seems a little too prissy. Lavender? I don't like a prissy dog. Lavender? Mm-hmm. Lavender? No, that's
2: a little too sissy too. I think. That is too. <laughs> mm-hmm. we got a, I had a dog named Missy. So yep. I thought that was a nice name. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Six named after uh who was that? Well Mr. Six. Mr. Six. Okay. Who is Mar- Molly Cruz lead singer, right? And you guys are beyond me now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll
1: figure it out. That that concludes our time, so thank you again for doing this. We really appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Declan. It's been a great time.
1: President Sullivan is a fantastic woman. I'm so happy that we were able to meet
2: with her again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We definitely got better. Um, we I think we asked a question uh, if we got better at interviewing or not. We definitely did. Yes. Um, no uh, grammar mistakes on my part. It is Andrew and I, not me and Andrew. Correct. Uh, also,
1: uh, I think our transition in questions really flowed really well. We started off with uh, for the summer, and then we hit Tojo, and then we hit some of her career, and then we
2: played a game. Yeah. I mean, that was awesome. I mean, what more can you ask for? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, let's go ahead and finish the show like we always do. Uh, so for our new listeners who have made it this far, uh, congratulations. Give yourself a little pat on the back. Uh, so good work. Yes. Um, here we are, uh, probably one of the f- our favorite parts of the show. Um, we're At this point, we're very fine-tuned, and we've been talking for quite some time now. We're firing on all cylinders. Right, so this is uh, our best. We're, this is when we're at our best, yes. I'd say. Um, so we are going to finish with a... Feel Good Story, and what we learned today from the time we woke up till podcasting now. Yes. Um, so, Andrew, what did you learn Okay. today? Um, I learned that
1: Cards Against Humanity can bring out the best and the worst humor in people. Okay. So, if for all those of you who do not know Cards Against Humanity, it's a very aggressive game of apples to apples. Um, of those of you who do not know Apples to Apples It's just uh, you get a theme card And then you have to play a card to that theme card It's usually like a phrase or a sentence And there's a, a fill in the blank And you fill in the blank with your card And Cards Against Humanity is very aggressive It comes like, every, through every angle um, Whether it be sexuality Whether it be racism Whether it be just out of control nonsense um, It's comedy but, It's comedy it's all, the controversy is the air we breathe, and this is pure comedy, so yeah. there is no controversy. Yeah,
2: and I love it. Uh, when I, the, I played it the, for the first time this week, and uh, the thing that I kept thinking about is, how do they generate this card, these cards, and how funny is it to generate the cards? Yes, the card creators. Yeah, the card creators, I think that's something that needs to be talked about, um, but yeah, absolute great game, and it's funny to see, if you got like a group of ten people and you're playing, it's funny to see like everyone's different kind of humor, you know, come out yes. throughout the game, and I think that's uh, a big part of the game. Again, not uh, we're not an official sponsor of Cards Against Humanity, however, we do like the game and we do advocate for it. Yes. Um, so, uh, what did I learn? Uh, so, Andrew, I want to uh, maybe ask you uh, what you think about this. Okay. Uh, I learned what a turducken is. Okay. Andrew, what do you think a turducken is? Uh, turducking. Um, you know,
1: I really don't know. It's kind of a strange word. Um,
2: help me out here. Um, well, think about a turkey, a duck, and a chicken stuffed into one. Yeah, so, yeah. So, what, how do you think? So, here's what it is a turkey, a chicken, and a duck and the word is turducken. Mm-hmm. So it's what there's it's three birds in one. Yep. How do you think they're all put in together?
1: It's got to be the order that the word is, Correct. right? You got a big turkey and I feel like ducks
2: are bigger than chickens. Yes. So boom, boom, boom. Yep. So it's a turkey, no, no, it's a chicken inside a duck inside a chicken inside a turkey. So sorry, we'll cut that. It's it's a chicken inside a duck inside a turkey. Turducken. And, uh, have you had? uh, How did you hear about this? Have you had one? What's going on? Um, so we heard about it in our uh, heat transfer class. Again, always referring back to the heat transfer class. Gotta get John Abraham out, he's my uh, professor. Uh, we were talking about how long it would take to heat, you know, a a turkey or how heat transfer works in ovens. And someone's like, Well, what about a turducken? Wouldn't that take forever? And then everyone laughed, and I was like, I don't get what a turducken is. Yeah, so you asked the question. So I asked the question, and, and then I learned. Nice. So here I was, learning something again. Absolutely.
1: Thank you for informing our listeners. Yeah, no problem. To be always more knowledgeable. Absolutely. Um, and finishing off this podcast on a positive note, because we want to leave you guys in a joyful manner. Um, we have a feel-good story of the week, and this is kind of a preemptive feel-good story. Yeah. We don't know how it's going to pan out, but we've got some high hopes. Um, this upcoming weekend...
2: The entire Brown family is coming, and this will be the first time I'll be able to meet them. Yeah, this is my side of the family, so I'm the oldest of five kids. There's seven people in my family. Uh, A few of them have come out to St. Thomas in bits and pieces, but uh, this weekend is the first time uh, the entire Brown family, uh, like you said, will be out uh, here for the game this week. And then um,
1: a lot of the Insare family is coming up, and not my my brother's not coming up, so it won't be the entire immediate Nsera family, but I believe there's an, um, uh, a number of 15 predicted
2: to be up here. Predicted, yes. Wow. And uh, people forget uh, about the Nsera family, is you guys have like 100 Nseras, and there's just so many to go around. So uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm really excited to uh, meet them all. And, uh, if you guys are wondering like, man, how are they going to be able to meet all these people and, you know, have conversations and have, uh, be successful. Well, go ahead and listen to our last podcast, uh, because we talked about in very much detail, um, regarding how to talk to people, uh, family members that you don't necessarily know. Yes. Um, so I don't know With that being said, uh, do your homework. Got to know who's, who's coming in town, uh, from your perspective and my perspective. Um, and it's just going to be a clash, but a, but a nice clash, mm-hmm. a healthy clash. Yes. And uh, we have all this week to prepare, as do our marketing interns. And uh, with that being said, have a great Monday, and do your homework, and get ready for the clash. Take care. Take care.